morning, everyone. Are y'all awake? I'm on every lane in bed last night trying to go to sleep, and somebody close sounded like it. Had a bunch of leftover fireworks. And I mean, boom, 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 all the time. Our windows rattled. I thought, wow, that thing's close. Anyway, we're here this morning. It's awesome to be in a nation as ours. And I think most of us, if not all of us, would agree that our nation has been blessed. We have been blessed materially, geographically, educationally, and technologically. Uh, we, we've got it all. God is blessed. You know, I, I, I know the fourth was yesterday, but a lot of people are still in that mode. And that's why we're preaching this sermon today. We need to be thankful to the Lord and seek Him for the continual blessings in the future. What are we going to do about that? But today also we are reminded that our freedom comes with a high price. Men and women throughout the history of our country have given their lives to make this country what it is for our independence. It was this way from the beginning. Out of the 56 who signed the Declaration of Independence, five were captured and tortured by the British before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned to the ground. Two lost their sons in the war. One had two sons captured. Nine fought and died from wounds or from hardships of war. Carter Braxton of Virginia, a wealthy planter and trader, saw his ship swept from the seas by the British Navy. He sold his home to pay his debts. He died penniless. Thomas McKean was forced to move his family almost constantly from one place to the other because he was hounded by the British. He served in the Congress without pay and died in poverty. Thomas Nelson's home was seized by the British at the Battle of Yorktown and was used as a command post. He urged General George Washington to fire upon his own home. The home was destroyed and Nelson died bankrupt. You know, our Bible's not silent about nations. We learn that God is greater than all nations. Nations come, nations go, but God uses nations as part of his plans and, and that people from all nations will be part of his kingdom. <clears throat> God used Egypt to grow Israel from 30-some people to over 600,000 men. But then God also used Babylon to bring Israel to its knees and take them captive to Babylon for 70 years. God used nations like that. And perhaps we celebrate this Independence Day and want to consider the real dangers of our blessings with God are not from external dangers, but internal. It's not terrorism that really is our problem. It's internal problems that 
are our problem. Let's look to God in prayer. Father, thank you for this day, this morning, this building, this place. Thank you for these people that are here. And God, help us to worship you today. But we most want to thank you for giving us a mission to live in like we do and, and, and cause us to be here to enjoy what we free, freedom that we have. And God, we want to continue this. Please bless this day in each one who is here. In Jesus' name, amen. God's Word teaches us specifically what a nation is to do in order to receive and continue in the blessings of God. I like those songs we sung this morning. Some of those have words that are just real, and we'll be talking about those. It's in, in, in the book of Psalms, chapter 33, Greg mentioned it. We have some verses there that kind of depict, in my estimation, a nation God will bless. That's what he says. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, verse 12 says. And we can see it very clearly. For example, if you've got your Bible with you or open it to your app, whatever you got. And after uh, Psalms 33, <coughs> starting verse 1, sing for joy to the, in the Lord, all your righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. Give thanks to the Lord who is with the lyre. Sing praises to him with a harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. What's he talking about? A people who acknowledge and worship the living Lord. We sang that song this morning, I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. Yeah. That's what we, God's people, are to be doing. Praising him. Look at verse 8 in Psalms 33. Let all the earth fear the Lord, and let the inhabitants of the, of the world stand in awe of him. A people who fear the Lord and show him reverence. Look at verse 10 and 11. The Lord, the Lord nullifies the counsel of the nations. <coughs> he frustrates the plans of his peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart from generation to generation. And, and I like this because we need to be people who seek the Lord's plans. Not our own. Blessed is the nation who does that. Look at verse 13 and 15. The Lord looks from heaven and sees all the sons of men. From his dwelling place, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the hearts of them all, he who understands all their works. In other words, friend, blessed is the nation where the people who know they are accountable to the Lord. He watches them and considers everything they do. To be a nation of God, God is the Lord, we must be a people who reject all the false gods in our country today. There are many. I'm just going to mention a few. Number one, we need to reject the God of material wealth. You've heard the story. A wealthy young man 
driving a sports car on the mountain road, and uh, he uh, got a little too close to the center line, and a truck came by, had his arm dangled out the side. He was cruising, and took his arm off, mm -hmm. and his shoulder. And, and they called the ambulance and all that stuff, and they got that all and, and they said, hey, we're gonna get you, rush you to the hospital, and so he's trying to get your arm back on. You know what he said? I don't care about my arm. I, what about my Rolex watch? Did you find it? What's wrong there? Um, the God and the material. Well, that's crazy. But people go crazy when they have another God. How about the God of worldly pleasure? Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to have a Rolex watch or it's wrong to have a, uh, a good set of things, but the God of worldly pleasure. How many of you have ever been to Disney World or Disneyland? Let me see. You ever been there? Arlo and I have been to one of them, maybe both. Well. I don't remember now. But the one down corner I'm more familiar with, and uh, I, we walk that, that, that path, we just, we just walk along that lake there, and, and here are these humongous, beautiful, absolutely beautiful uh, condos and billions of dollars being spent. And, and we had to go through a time travel one time, so uh, at the, the resorts, you know, the Disney resorts, and and uh, we wanted to see what it would cost. Oh my! Well, uh, the God of worldly pleasure. How can they build those? How can they afford to build those things? Because America, <coughs> excuse me, is is a God of worldly pleasure. Yeah, it's fun, but people live for that. How about the God of worldly approval? Now, my day was the who's who in America. Nobody ever heard that, have you? Today, it's the best addressed in America. Or the sexiest in America. Or the richest in America. Why well, wouldn't that be neat to be on that? Have your picture plastered on that thing. Uh-uh. Or how about the God of physical appearance? Hmm. Uh, and women spend more time primping than they do praying. And the men do the same thing, believe it or not. Jerry Smith up Cheyenne tells us that he's got this story when he's in high school. And they were getting done with a... Uh, a uh, uh, football practice or basketball practice and they're in the locker room they're showering and, and they're standing there's one guy in there where he thought he was it he was combing his hair he was primping you know and these are the words he said he mentioned himself his name I can't remember what it was now he said you handsome brute don't you ever die he looked himself in the mirror and said that to himself. <laughs> the God of physical appearance. Well, how about the God of power and influence? Well, many people think that it's really cool to be able to be the boss and boss people around, you know? 
Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. That word blessed means happy. Happy is the nation's Lord, whose God is the Lord. Number two. Blessed is the nation that seeks righteousness. Verse 5 and uh, Psalms 33. And listen to what Proverbs 14, 34 says. Doing right brings honor to a nation, <coughs> but sin brings disgrace. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. We've talked about it. I'm just going to tell you, the Supreme Court ruling of same-sex marriage, in my mind, is a disgrace to this nation. We can't do anything about that. We can't do anything about that. That ruling. But here's what you and I can do. We can love and teach God's Word to those of that lifestyle. Blessed is the nation who seeks righteousness. That was a downer for me. <coughs> Hear what the Supreme Court did. But still, we can honor God as an individual wherever we go with whatever whom we're with. Love them and teach them. In fact, you know, uh, here's another passage that I think is pretty cool. In Psalms chapter 19, 9 through 11, I, I love this. The law of the Lord is perfect. It gives us new life. His teachings last forever. <coughs> and they give wisdom to ordinary people. I'm ordinary. You know what? So are you. Look what God says. He gives wisdom to ordinary people. The Lord's instruction is right. It makes our hearts glad. His commands shine brightly and they give us light. Worshiping the Lord is sacred. He will always be worshipped. All His decisions are correct and fair. They are worth more than the finest gold are sweeter than honey from the honeycomb. By your teachings, Lord, I have borne. By obeying them, I am greatly rewarded. I like what Psalm 60, verse 12 says. I mean, Isaiah 60, verse 12 says, For the nation or kingdom which will not be your servant will come to destruction. Such nations will be completely waste. The nation and kingdom which will not serve the Lord will perish, they will be utterly destroyed. Righteousness. Blessed is the nation who seeks after righteousness. What is that? Well, it's doing what is right and not sinning. It's about serving the Lord. That is why we have to pray for our leaders. They will serve God and do what is right. Because it's God's way. It's not just a not just politically correct, it's God's way. It's about doing what is right within our country, as well as dealings around the world with other countries. Well, let's tone this down a little bit to you and me. What is righteousness? Number one, 
There are three things I want to talk about righteousness. Number one, you and I are not righteous by nature. Man, I want you to accept that point. You and I, by nature, are not righteous. Number two, you and I do not get righteousness from doing good. No. The Bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags, Isaiah. Number one, we are not righteous in ourselves. Number two, by doing good does not mean we become righteous. But here's number three. Righteousness is obtained through Jesus Christ. St. Corinthians 5.21 God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to become sin for us, so in him we might become righteousness of God. Blessed is the nation who seeks after righteousness. Now I can't vouch for, and like Greg said earlier, what our nation's Supreme Court does. That's not righteousness. But what you and I can do, what you and I can do, is accept the fact that Jesus is the one who makes us righteous. Blessed is a nation who seeks after righteousness. Number three. Blessed is a nation that trusts in God. Psalms 33, 21, in whom our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. You make our hearts glad because we trust in you, the only God. Psalms 26 and 7. Some people trust the power of chariots or horses, but we trust you, Lord God. Some nations boast of armies and weaponry, but our boast is in the Lord our God. <coughs> our, those nations will collapse and perish. We will rise and stand firm and sure. What do we trust in as a nation? Our military? Our intelligence? Our technology? No, this has been a few years ago. We, we have a friend by the name of Ken Weicker. And by looking at this guy, you would never guess, some of you know him, you would never guess that he's a brain. He looks like a doofus. You understand what I mean? And, 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 and he dresses sloppy. He hardly combs his hair. He's just one of those guys. But you know what? He trains our military jet fighters how to fight the enemy. He trains them how to do that from a computer. He sits there and he, okay, anyway. He likes to fish. So Lloyd Greg and I went out with him to California a couple times to do some salmon fishing in the Sacramento River. Well, yeah, that's long ways out in the car. So we were able to talk and he was telling us some things. He can't tell us all things because he's high clear of the stuff, you know. 
But he says, since the last war, uh, we don't even need any more soldiers. All we got to do is push a button. And it will wipe out an entire nation. The United States has that capability. And he says, uh, the way the leisure stuff is now, for the several years ago, I'm sure they've improved it now already, but uh, he said they come within a few inches of a target with a with a uh, a missile or something like that, several thousand miles away. He said, I can't tell you any more about that, but uh, that's what's going on. You know what? That didn't stop 9 11, did it? All of our technology didn't stop that. What do we trust in as a nation? According to the scripture, the Bible, blessed is a nation whose trust is in the Lord. That trust has to be more than a slogan on our currency, it is to represent our, and to be present dependence on our Lord at the first constitutional convention. The delegates were frustrated due to the burdens of the hour. They were burdened and harassed with tremendous crises. They were so fragmented that they are just about to throw the whole concept of a constitution completely out. Then, Benjamin Franklin stood up. He rose to his feet and said, Gentlemen, if it is true that not one single petal from any flower falls to the ground without escaping God's attention, will not the distress of this nation go unheeded? Let us therefore determine to seek His face. He and 56 other men got down on their knees and they prayed to the Godhead. They trusted in Him. And when they arose, the slogan came to being, now I'm going to butcher this, E Pluribus Unum. That means one out of many was born. Where's our trust today? We are called to trust the name of the Lord. We all have issues. We all have problems to face. We have bills to pay. We got this sickness to deal with. We got that relationship to deal with. And we don't know where to turn, what to do about it. Blessed is the nation, blessed is the person, blessed is the family whose trust is in God. God has blessed us as a country. We celebrated that fact yesterday. As we have for 239 years. Well, what about his blessing for us as a country tomorrow and the years to come? The well, Lord not only gives us His Word to teach us about the blessings of God as a formation, but He also provides us with a test. How are we 
as the United States of America doing in making God the Lord of our nation. I'm one person. You're one person. There aren't very many of us here. I'm glad you're all here and it's awesome. But I want you to know uh, when you compare the whole nation, what can we do to affect the whole nation? I can't do much but affect those people around me. Every one of us can do that very thing. What are we doing to make the United States of America the Lord, God, the Lord of our nation? How are we doing in seeking righteousness? I love it. May go and stop our races lightly. See us stand out here. And uh, before they start races, like I said, everybody stand. Mark Moser, the announcer says, we're going to pray. And he prays a prayer. I looked over here, there's a guy smoking a cigarette. Here's a guy over here drinking beer. And here's a guy over here cussing. Let you stand up. And while they pray. Yeah. That's my nation. I thank God for that. How are we trusting his name more than ourselves or our military or whatever we have? How are we doing that? What can we as his people do for the future blessings of America? Number one, listen to me please. We can live for Christ. Each individual can affect those around us by being salt and light where we are. Blessed is the nation who serves makes the Lord God. Number two, we can pray for our leaders. Pray for them. Thanks, Greg, for doing that this morning for our nation. We can depend on the Lord for our two sources of freedom, courage, and spiritual power. It doesn't make any difference what the Supreme Court decides to govern my life. What makes a decision there, what depends there is what God has said. And when we make God, we trust in Him only he is our God, and we trust Him only. That becomes effective <coughs> to those around us, and affects our life. And we can help this nation continue to be blessed by God. And we can still sing, God bless America. We can still do that. And we can win those around us to God into his teachings, into his feelings, his choices, his words. Thank you for listening today. But this is what we can do for the future blessings of America as individuals. Live that way ourselves. Who do you trust in?
Who's your God? Look at your life. What's most important? What do you trust in most in this life? A lot of things we can trust in. We need to trust in God. There's going to come a time, friend, where you'll be back up against the wall. You have nowhere else to turn. And you've been trusting in this and trusting in that and depending on that. And that's all going to be gone. Right now, we need to understand God is who we need to trust in. And He'll bring us home to heaven. We're going to sing, see a little video of some songs about our country, how God has blessed it.